Hi, Fashion Hotline. Hi, after this long winter, my family needs a style pick-me-up for spring. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, spring's first big sale is on now. Pick up fresh styles for the family from just $5, 10 and $15 with tees and tanks from 5 bucks, kids' shorts from 10 bucks, and jeans from 15 bucks. Whoa, styles from just 5 bucks? That's right. Plus, get 50% off swimwear and buy online and pick up in-store for free today. Now that's a real pick-me-up. Get to Old Navy and OldNavy.com now for spring styles from 5 10 and 15 bucks. About 318 to 326 in-stores. Select styles only. Excludes licensed and in-store clearance. Hello and welcome to Juvenalia. I'm Alan McGuire. And I'm Ellen Tannum. And our guest today is an animator and director, Scarlett Lines. Hello. Hey, how Hello. are you? Yeah, pretty good. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Yeah, I'm glad to be on it. It looks great. <laughs> We're going to talk about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I'm very excited about. Yeah. So no. I think you should kick us off and tell us yeah. how you got into them. Uh, well, it's like... Uh, I get, I'm trying to think about like the first thing that I remember about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, but it was... Essentially, uh, watching it on telly, obviously, you know, you just look at it. Um, and I, but I was a really hyperactive kid. Well, I wasn't hyperactive, but I was I had a very short attention span, so I would mm. constantly leave the room, do you know? Mm. So I never saw a full episode of the show until I was like like five or something, or four mm. or five. And um, yeah, so I just remember always seeing the credits and being like, oh, what? Like, yeah. Where did it go? <laughs> and it's always that same like picture of that's like this completely bizarre setting of just like the sewer and there's one turtle and he's like grappling from it do you know that and it was I remember looking at that and I was like that's the thing I remember most about it is like wondering like where is what episode is that from why is that the ending for like Mm. so many of them Mm -hmm. and uh, but then my dad actually came in one day and uh, he was always trying to impress me so he like pointed at it and the name McLaughlin came up because like my name is actually Gareth Lyons McLaughlin but I go by Gareth Lyons um but he was like, McLaughlin, that could be a relation of ours going up. And I was like, no, it couldn't. Because <laughs> cartoons aren't made by people we know, do you know? Mm. Yeah. Um, but I only found out, I found out years later, obviously, that um, Murakami and Wolf Studios were based in Dublin. So were they? it was animated <sighs> here. And uh, it's like one of the funniest things as an adult then, because I studied animation, obviously. And, mm. um, but if you were in any ways inclined in art back in the 1980s in Ireland, you could potentially work for Sullivan and Bluth or Murakami and Wolf, you know? Mm. So I had like a landlord who was like, one time I was, he's like built ships, you know? He's like yeah. designed ships. And he was, uh, <laughs> it was really funny though because we were just talking and he was like, so uh, what do you do? And I was just like, oh, I'm in animation. He's like, oh yeah, cool. I used to work on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> and Jesus. it's like a really, it's a really like common thing. It's like yeah. kind of saying like, you know, you're a Nam or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just go like, yeah, it was in the shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, um, but yeah, like, yeah, I've heard so many stories as well because of working in animation studios and whatnot. But a friend of mine said that he met another animator of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles who said that they used to have a um, special reward each week for the worst drawing that appeared in an episode because the time that it took to make them was so quick the turnaround mm. that the turnaround was yeah. like there's so many mistakes and it looks you know there are a lot of mistakes yeah. in those five, I've watched the first five episodes again for this yeah. and really? they mix up the turtles um, bandanas a lot constantly oh. or just forget where a turtle was at any point and yeah. so sometimes Donatello will speak Raphael's voice or whatever oh see it's, I'm really bad yeah. at continuity anyway like even when people are like oh did you see that and I'm like 
absolutely not like I, yeah. I have no idea I was just paying attention to like something else stupid like mm. I'm not that detail oriented when it comes to films I don't think and I studied it which is stupid <laughs> <laughs> I never see plots coming with films yeah, oh, whenever, whenever a twist happens yeah. I'm like <gasps> and no. my wife Carmen's like did you not yeah that like they, I guess that like half an hour ago at yeah least. I'm always yeah. just like I have to try and really keep it to myself I'm like it's him it's the dad he did it <laughs> well I can do it with movies like I can like predict movie, but if yeah. it's like TV, it's surprising. I'd be like watching like twelve hours of TV, and uh, in my downtime, I don't spend any time thinking about it. So every time, <laughs> I it's not like I like ponder it. You know what I mean? I go, oh, that was that yeah. was great, and I can't believe that character did that. Mm-hmm. But I'm always surprised that you know, like you could watch a two hour movie and then go, oh, obviously the husband, mm-hmm. but then you could watch like twelve hours of TV and you have all the time in the world to think about the husband doing it and then yeah. all of a sudden it's like I can't believe the husband did <laughs> yeah. it you know because you have more time so, to get to know them and then yeah. more shocked when they like totally. do a murder or something I guess it's also they can like distract you in different ways because yeah. of all the subplots mm. and stuff like that as well do you have a favourite turtle? yeah obviously um, why? <laughs> I was going to add what? why is your favourite your favourite and who is it? Um, Donatello and it took me a while to kind of come to that, actually. Yeah. That was a really, that's a really silly thing. But honest to God, it was like, you know, I really needed to find what type of turtle I was. <laughs> but it was heart. like, <laughs> I, did, I guess I just really liked Donatello because, first of all, like, um, I think I just like his, his purple bandana. And then that's I also, <laughs> I also like how he's the most kind of n- neutral and kind of level-headed and a bit, a mm-hmm. bit, a bit kind he's of... He's kind of the pacifist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I really guy. like that. Mm. Yeah, and he does he does machines. Yeah. As yeah. the intro says, you know. Um but I couldn't really tell you. I don't know. It just kind of but I remember that I used to, as a kid I was like Raphael's cool cuz he's got red and he's tough. Yeah. And then you kind of grow up and you just realize not every character who's tough and is the red of something is the best, <laughs> you know. It's, it's the same with Power Rangers. Yeah, I was just yeah. thinking like Power Rangers yeah. is always like the red one's the best. Why? I don't know. His name's Jason. Is he the, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, <laughs> is he the one that murdered the guy on the boat? No, that's actually from that's like the, the third Oh, like Marty Morrison. It's a later red one, isn't it? Yeah. It is a red yeah. one though. Yeah. I think it was a green one in fact. I could oh. be wrong. Yeah. That was really shocking. That Nothing was. to do with yeah. Well, it, actually, it was. Oh, yeah. sorry. It's funny, you know, because I was. I um, we were talking about this before. Come on, sorry, but it was because I wrote a thesis on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Go on. And, yeah, uh, you need to give that some time. Go on for at least two hours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could literally. I could talk about it for ages. Yeah. Um. Um. And it was like really. It's very funny because obviously when you're in an animation, you don't really write that many essays. Do you mm. know? But um, so so when you have to write something that's more than like even a thousand words, you're just like, oh, my God, you know, so, yeah. so it was like one of the most grueling things I've ever yeah. had to do. It wasn't like one thousand words. It was more. I can't remember what word count it was, but it was absolute torture mm. writing it. And um, um, but it's actually very fascinating because um, there was like just tons of articles about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from back in the 90s because some, I think in one of the articles I read they compared it to like they're like the um, 90s pop culture Beatles you know because they were just yeah. everywhere and yeah. they had like they coined the phrase like was it turtle mania at the yeah. time because it was oh, just it was everywhere huge. the um, yeah. the writer of the, the turtles actually of the cartoon so specify because mm. it is different writers for all the things he said that the turtle personalities map onto the Beatles really so Raphael oh. is John oh. uh, Donatello is George 
Paul is Leonardo like and Ringo is Michelangelo. That's completely, totally right. It, works, it, is, it totally yeah. maps, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Was, like, oh, yeah, so Raphael is problematic fave. You realize later was kind of because I was reading all the stuff about turtles yeah. coming up to this, and every description of him was like, and Raphael is the aggressive one. I was like, I never got that. You know what? He was crazy. just a funny one to me. I never he used picked to be up my on the favorite. aggression. Yeah. And now that I'm thinking about it, it's weird because now I like I did more research, and I was like, I actually like Donatello mo- the most now. Mm. Yeah. And I used to like John Lennon the most, and now I like George the most. Yeah. yeah. Well, because George, George didn't, as far as I know. Hit any woman, <laughs> so I think uh, he definitely write a song about it if he did. No, yeah, he left that out anyway. Yeah. He also was he had the, he made handmade films, didn't he, George? Yeah, so he, he actually like, Holy Grail. Yeah. yeah, so and yeah. also the other one was at uh, Whitnell Knight. Mm. He was mm. a producer. I think he did he appear in that, or was I wrong? About he's that? in Life of Brian. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, he has a cameo on that. He's very gas. Like he's one of those dark horse funny people. Yeah. I would yeah. say totally. if he was your friend, you know. There's very a memoir dry. by someone yeah. who was the the in-house hippie at the Beatles record company in the late sixties. <laughs> And he he never actually met any of the Beatles working there. Mm-hmm. He said they used to come in and like George Harrison would run in hiding from people on the street. That's the only time he would actually visit the studio because the Beatles mania was so intense. Mm-hmm. Oh he would run and go into a room and hide somewhere and then wait everybody left and that would be his entire interaction with the record company. It's so funny because so, it's just like Donatello. Just like Donatello. Know, exactly. <laughs> when he'd run into the sewer and hide yeah. from... Actually, I forgot to even ask them, what was your favourite titles then? Your Donatello then? Mine was, my favourite was Raphael because... Um, I just thought he was he was really cool and I always used to like the like bad boy characters or like the like cool rebel characters in yeah. things I don't know why because I was really nerdy and like did yeah. everything right when I was little mm. so I think it was just like a way to live through them mm. but um, he's kind of rude and stuff now yeah. like when I look at him but well, Donatello seems yeah. to be the most like thoughtful you yeah know? I think and also the, the um, it's really funny because like the more the creators got involved in it, mm-hmm. they had these kind of like because they were apparently really upset about the depiction of the Shredder. Like they always didn't like that he was such comic relief in the original series. Oh really? Yeah. So in every sign, kind of like version that they've had control of, they've made him like this kind of imposing, silent, brooding Darth mm-hmm. Vader, and he's like, "I will crush these turtles," which is actually <laughs> what I really, I really hate. But also yeah. the, the thing they did as well is that they also make Raphael like a lot more like brooding you know mm. and he becomes like way more you know angry and kind of you know like you were supposed to be my brother you know and this type of stuff and you're In just the like, films, like, like that. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah and so i just i find that even because actually Raphael in, in the original in the 1980s series mm-hmm. he's just like quite he's a bit he's he's very similar to michelangelo in a lot of ways he's mm-hmm. a bit more hot tempered but yeah he's ultimately he he does crack wise and all this type mm-hmm. of stuff as well so yeah but yeah um yeah um i wanted to, I, I absolutely have to tell you white power rangers yeah. <laughs> yeah but that was it because it was a uh, um one of the things i was reading up on these articles that came up was um um obviously a lot of it was about the reappropriation of japanese culture you know mm. yes. and how um Basically, it was the watering down and dilution of all these ancient Japanese myths, you know, mm. so uh, or even not even ancient. But, you know, so they they brought up like, um, you know, Hiroshima and Nagasaki yeah. and how in the wake of that they made Godzilla, you know, because mm. mm. it was about like, you know, um, I don't know, I suppose man, humankind uh, <laughs> exceeding its uh, reach, you know. And, this big horror. Like, and yeah, yeah, and this nuclear bomb awakens this horrible dinosaur yeah. that comes up and just kind of levels everything. I know it's not a dinosaur, but it is basically a dinosaur, yeah. you know, like an ancient uh, lizard creature. Mm-hmm. But then I think the thing got like kind of 
mangled on its way to the States. So then they started looking into like, you know, how it mutated things. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, and so it's all this radioactive waste that ends up making mutants and creatures and, uh, you know, these horrible lizard creatures, mm. you know. And then it kind of, they were saying about how it gets watered down again throughout the thing where by, you know, you have these amphibians who are like friendly mutated, uh, you know, creatures mm. Who uh, take up ninjutsu? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and casual. Kind of, like yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it was kind of like you know, uh, um, yeah, it's about about how that happened. And then also at the same time, Power Rangers coming out too. That yeah. there's all that uh, reappropriation of samurai culture and stuff like that. And then uh, the thing that I noticed all too late to put in my thesis was that they had a crossover episode in the live action series where the That's turtles right. met. Uh, the Power Rangers. No way. And so then I was like, I could write a whole page <laughs> on that. And then I never did because I was like, I actually can't bear the thought of writing a single another. word more. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry, no, that was, I had to get that off my chest. That has been literally about six or seven years on my chest of going, <laughs> Is that, isn't that funny that there's parallels between, you know? The people need to know. Yeah. Anyway, sorry to cut no, across everybody. this is what this is for. Yeah. It could, we could so be silent funny. for the rest of the hour now. I mean, yeah. I think I, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to ruminate on that yeah. for a while. <laughs> Who's your favourite, Alan? Yeah. Mine was Raphael. Because, cool dude, yeah. Cause, no, because he was the funny one. Yeah, that's what I mean. He was gas. Like, yeah, I so it was like him, Fenkman and Ghostbusters, oh, Chandler yeah. and Friends, which I know is problematic now, but well, they're all problematic but now. But like, yeah. I mean, Friends and nobody is a, is a good person. <laughs> no, on they're show. all awful. I mean, yeah. yeah. Why was why is Chandler problematic now? Is, he, is Matthew Perry done something? Well, just, friend, <laughs> fr- just Friends in general. Is oh, really. Yeah, there's just, Chandler did a lot of jokes about being afraid that someone was gay or that he was gay. Oh, Ross yeah, did that too. Yeah, there's like a whole, ep- there's a YouTube clip of it's a, good, it's a good 20 minutes 25 minutes long of all the gay panic jokes that they ever oh did oh my friends. god I can't wait to watch that but like again. when I was a kid like I, you know when you watch a show like I used to watch Friends it was like the cool show to watch when you yeah. were like it was on E4 all the time or whatever Yeah. and now I can't even look at it I'm like no I, it is very I remember like just the, the laugh track can be very obnoxious I remember that was something that I found very difficult about it mm. and um also the kind of drama and then also like the way it got heightened towards the end where everybody became like you know Phoebe just became shrill and Ross became like obsessed with dinosaurs you know what I mean they, <laughs> like, it's like the way what happened to the Simpsons now where yeah. they become like a really horrible concentrated version of the character that they used to yeah. be yeah. and it's all their really shit qualities because they writers think that they're the funniest with the quickest payoff Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's wrong it happens with pretty much every sitcom after about six seasons yeah it's like there's an actual term for which I can't bring to mind right now yeah. but yeah this happens with everybody for everything one thing that really bothered me on going back and re-watching was how much they, they wanted to have sex with all their friends that uh, really like bugged who? me that's so gross and it yeah. d- doesn't pan out well in real life no mm. and then when they had like they had a bit where remember where they win the apartment and then the girls get the apartment back by yeah. shifting each other for 10 seconds Ew. and then I was like yeah. and they oh. go they, they, they walk into their flat and then mm. they go like that was totally worth it. And then they go into their rooms and it's uh, the implication is obviously, you know, and you're just kind of going like, really? That's horrible. First of all, both of you know that you're in these rooms doing that. And then yeah. simultaneously, the way you got your apartment back is because you you wanted to see your friend's cop of feel. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's awful. They have very questionable moral centers, yeah. if any yeah. at all. Is the, tur- it still the turtles, though. The, tur- the turtles, though. <laughs> turtles, They're pure yeah, and good. But- it, is Raphael still your favourite or I think so. I think it's probably indicates a larger failing in me that I overlook a lot of failings in people if they're funny 
No, I'm like that so, too. And then yeah. it ends bad, and you're like, oh, they're racist. Yeah. Bye. Like, <laughs> oh, they're not nice to this group of people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. no, he is still my favorite, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another, just because we were mentioning that about the gay panic, um, yeah. another thing that I actually read in somebody. It was about a, the turtles? Yeah. <laughs> it was a Japanese, uh, a scholar of Japanese studies, I think, and she'd written up a big article, a lot of the stuff that I was saying earlier about mm-hmm. how, you know, it's an inversion of that, you know. Japanese like sacred tradition stuff like yeah. yeah the inversion of that and and she just wrote it's incredible I don't know how where it is now because obviously it was years ago that I wrote it but I read it um, but uh, she just went uh, beat by beat breakdown of the movie uh, the 1990 live action movie mm. mm-hmm. which was directed by Dublin's own Steve Barron so just is he Irish yeah he's from, yeah. Uh, oh, like he's from Dublin anyway I, I could be wrong oh, so I watched the uh, documentary called Turtle Power yesterday yeah. which is very good but he, yeah. he I thought he was English for some reason I think he's got like an English accent, but I think he is Irish. Okay. I mean, uh, I, I, welcome to correct me, but he always appears on like, you know, like those kind of Radio 1 things. And now we have the director of the Billie yeah. Jean music video, who's actually from, you know, oh, like, yeah. Yeah. this kind of, and he's also, he, he directed the Take On Me music video. That's such a like iconic video. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the movie is like, you know, it's actually quite good, you know. But I'll no one famous in it though, is No, there? it got four star reviews though. There is actually someone very famous in it. Oh, oh. yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. So, um, because I pu- haven't seen it. The animatronics and the puppets in that, so Splinter and the Turtles. Yes. Was done by the Henson Company. Um, so the turtles themselves have animatronic heads that are controlled by servers and road controls mm-hmm. with actors inside. But Splinter is an actual Muppet type puppet. Yeah. And the person who puppeted and voiced Splinter is Kevin Clash. Who is better known oh, as Elmo? Oh, so Elmo and Splinter are the same actor. I did not know that. And yeah. isn't the dad in the Fresh Prince another? Person? He's the voice of Shredder. Yeah, in the, cartoon. In the animated series. Yeah. No, I always thought you were going to talk about Sam Rockwell. He is plays he like it? a henchman in the thing. Does he? Yeah, and it's um, he's in it for like it's very funny because they they have this. He sets up this kind of. I think it was meant to be based kind of like off of Peter Pan. It's kind of like the Lost Boys, and have this whole sanctuary, <laughs> do you know? Yeah, and. Um, he plays like the head kind of, you know, lost boy, essentially. How and, old is uh, he? He yeah. was about, I think he, he looks like he's in his late 20s, I'd say, or like early in 30s. In 1990? Wait, I don't know. I don't know what age Sam Rock. Because like, the first time I saw Sam Rockwell, it was like in Charlie's Angels in like 99. Yeah. yeah. I thought he was like mid-20s then, but maybe not. Maybe he's older. No, he's... He I'll looks, Google his age right now. Yeah, because he feels quite, he is quite, I don't know how old he is in it. I mean, I suppose he's meant to be playing somebody who looks like 18, but I don't know how they... He'd still look pretty chiseled for an mm. 18-year-old. Also, 1990 and 1999 aren't yeah. that far away in real life as they are in my imagination yeah, because exactly. of all of my teenagers. Is, the fun, film yeah. is out in 1990? Yeah. So he was 22. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that's primo Lost Boy age. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, they, well, apparently, you know, so they, they make the film, and one of the things she puts in she put in her article is... Um, or her, whatever, her analysis of the film, mm-hmm. is how um, they they constantly have to say how the turtles are brothers, constantly. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And then they also have to, once they introduce um, April O'Neil, uh, despite the fact that they're completely different species, they always have to get her to comment like, wow, what a babe, and like, sh- you know, this type of stuff. And mm. uh, and on top of that, they they introduce Casey Jones in it. Oh, yeah. And then mm. Casey Jones and Raphael kind of develop this very, you know, antagonistic kind mm. of friendship. And so um, 
they they always have to kind of again yeah. just bros and the, it just bros by having him constantly hitting on April O'Neil when he's in the thing you know what I mean so yeah. it's like clear that Casey's gonna get with her because he's definitely not gay he's not a gay you know mm. <laughs> I don't remember them hitting on April in the cartoon really um, definitely those first, that cartoon. first miniseries they were just kind of more like there's a human in the sewer kind of yeah. thing the sewer goes to her although in the yeah. new series Donatello is actually in, in love with April oh she's younger in the new series isn't she she's, she's like, 15 as yeah, well they're yeah. all 15 okay mm. and he's like completely obsessed with her but, but she, he's a turtle you know. and she's a person I know it's never gonna mm. work how is she gonna explain that to your mom and dad mm, <laughs> I don't even know how she, like how any of it like I mean because also if you even <laughs> thought about it like you were in real life and there was yeah. like a disgustingly mutated green turtle that yeah. lived in a sewer you it was know? like a katana or whatever yeah he's mm. got a bow staff thank you very much he's very I know if, if I was a parent and my daughter brought home anybody who was into martial arts, I'd be like, mm, really? Mm. Where's this? It fedora? depends. I think yeah. martial arts is fine. It's more like those weird guys that collect swords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, everyone knows one. Yeah, I, I probably might have owned a sword, except Carlan vetoed it. If I hadn't been with Carlan in my early twenties, I might have bought a sword. <laughs> And like just hung it up and like shown people your sword when yeah yeah I, I wouldn't have shown probably bring it it's yeah. very private I, yeah <laughs> you you and the sword <laughs> me and the sword <laughs> I'm up for some sword time uh, there's a couple of other cool things about the film actually that I found out um, one is that they use a lot of Hong Kong kung fu, uh, kung fu movie tricks right so because the suits were so bulky they were quite slow in them so they filmed it at 23 frames per second. So that when they actually put it through a 24 frames per second camera, it moves a slight bit faster without looking mm. like an old speeded up silent movie. Oh. So That's everything cool. is a slightly sharper and faster mm. in the film than in real life, which I think is pretty cool. That is really cool. Yeah. And also they made it very dark so they get really close in on the animatronics, which had never been done before. Mm-hmm. So but so you can actually see like Raphael cries at one point and stuff and they go real close in on his face, oh. which hadn't been done. Why does he cry? Um, something what else? There's a, they, they fall out and one of them gets really... Badly injured at one point. Oh, yeah, it. Leonardo, he gets really yeah, badly like injured. Yeah, recovering in a bathtub. Mm. I remember that part. Yeah, so yeah. there's like, it does get quite That's heavy. It's a very famous scene, and like throughout the comics and all of the kind of iterations, there's always a version where they get beaten so badly by the, the shredder yeah. that mm. Leonardo is basically near death and has to spend a week in a bathtub full of ice. Oh. It constantly mm. happens, you know. But actually, it's funny, they, in the 2014 version that they really, I think it's 2014, with Megan Fox. No, sorry, no, I'm getting it wrong. It's 2012 animated series on Nickelodeon. Okay. Oh, yeah. um, they, you know, they had an all-star voice cast, you know, mm. that they were promoting. And they have uh, Jason Biggs doing the voice of Leonardo. Mm. And he did a really good job. But then while he was doing it, this whole kind of Twitter controversy oh, came about. Do you remember yeah. where he like... Oh, what, did he get in a fight with someone? No, his wife was writing for a, like a, like an article or something about prostitution so she got him to you know uh, get a blowjob oh and so basically like one of those real um, coercive things where it's like I spent I, yeah, exactly. I found a, the underbelly of the problem like yeah. Yeah. serious and shit. so they released that online and it kind of started this kind of twitter thing yeah a furor then, is that the way you pronounce that furor yeah furor, furor. a skirmish I don't know yeah, yeah. I Clusterfuck. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the yeah. best, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think on top of that, like there was that and then there was also a fact that he was being really weirdly aggressive to people in, on Twitter. He was being sexually aggressive yeah, as well like, on Twitter. Really yeah, really creepy. Oh, yeah. That's not good. Yeah. And so they got rid of him, but mm. they got rid of him like during 
that episode, you know, that famous thing. So usually what happens is they're fighting in a burning building and mm. the Shredder will come over and he'll just kick the shit out of Leonardo. And then they have to retreat to a farmhouse out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And he goes into a bathtub of ice for mm. a week. I always, it always seems to be like that. Mm. So uh, Jason, you know, so he's uh, Jason Biggs Turtle is fighting... Um, the Shredder mm. or you know the kind of Jason Biggs sounding one because I think they'd even replaced him with a temporary voice actor at that point you know and then he goes into the bathtub of ice and then he wakes up and he's got Seth Green's voice and then they go you sound different yeah it was a smoke inhalation I don't think it will ever go back to the way it was <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> it's like what a weird way to explain that away but yeah mm. Seth, I mean I'm not a big fan of Seth Green um, for a variety of reasons I, just I always remember like you remember that show Tucker yeah I used to really love McKenna and I used to put myself in the place of totally, Tucker I'd yeah. be really angry that first of all Seth Green was like 25 going out with a 17 year old and then secondly that it was like yeah, I was like, it should be Tucker. Also, yeah. like, it should be me, but it was, <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah, and then in Buffy, I didn't like Oz. No, I don't like. I didn't. I also don't like um, Robot Chicken. I just find it really. I just just bugs me. You yeah, know, something about it. It's like, yeah. I mean, first of all, it's like you got this kind of really cheap animation style, and I know, like, I usually I love that stuff usually, but this one seems to be just such a cynical, economical way of doing it, rather mm-hmm. than an actual like. You know, considered. Choice. Yeah, they're just trying to cash in on the fact. Oh no, we're doing it like those old uh, claymation things you saw at Christmas. You know, and in America, I didn't see them, but you know. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. They always, like, there's a know. context that we don't really have over yeah. here. Yeah, the Christmas yeah. there's like a Rudolph one that's really big over yeah. there. Yeah, we have those little things that used to be in the middle of Bosco. If you're a certain age, there used to be little claymation oh, things yeah. there. But that's really our only claymation. I think my lecturer thing. made some of those. Really? I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. actually, that, that was true. Another thing about, um, sorry, I keep getting more turtle stuff just this, piling on. Why are this we This is what here? we're about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was this one of the things. <laughs> I had like, a, I, didn't, I didn't have that great a time at college uh, in a lot of ways, mm. you know. And, um, but I remember I found it very frustrating to, because I get honest to God thought like that, I've said this like a number of times before, but essentially um, when somebody's telling me about animation, they're, they're like, I was like, they don't, they don't do every drawing. They don't mm. do every drawing. Uh, they shouldn't do. And then they were like, no, 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 they ju- they just do, you know, animation is 25 frames a second. It's like, we we don't do 25 drawings. No, no, we don't do 25. We do 12. It's like, that's still way too many drawings. Mm. That's like way too many drawings. <laughs> and I just remember being in class and uh, having to draw and I just find it, I just couldn't pay attention. I just couldn't care, do you know? Yeah. Um, I really, did, you know, I did, so, did well on stuff that had characters in it, but there's mm. a lot of exercises where um, you have to have like, Pendulums and bouncing balls. I yeah, like motion sequences and stuff. Care. But um, it's a type of patience that some people have, yeah. and some people yeah. just don't. And even like when I say character stuff, I'm not saying like you know runs and stuff. No, because I mean characters in like if I was drawing a character like bouncing around the place and I had to have a bit of energy in them, and I was like, oh, it's great, and his nose goes this way, and he does yeah. this, and mm-hmm. you have fun. But when you're just like, mm, I'm not sure if the weight lands on that foot, and I'm not sure if mouse to jump on the bike. Mathematical kind just of. Like, yeah. I just hate it, and it's <laughs> it's it was so it was excruciating. But uh, I remember being at the desk one day, and then um, somebody, I can't remember. I remember bringing up Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, probably because I brought it up a lot. I might have brought it up a lot. <laughs> I'm not sure I did. But um, but yeah, they were like, oh yeah, these desks were used to make Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because apparently. 
the studio, you know, because like animation in Ireland like started in like pretty much like the 1970s or somewhere mm. thereabouts. Mm. Um, Sullivan and Bluth and then Murakami and Wolf. And a lot of these colleges were just kind of, you know, get you in the door, get you out with, like hold a pencil between your fingers and then mm-hmm. you can animate. And, uh, you know, it wasn't, you know, artistically driven or anything, but, mm. <laughs> but it was like just moving the equipment around from place to place. You know, it wasn't like, you know, oh, we need to buy brand new equipment. Like, no, nah, we'll use the stuff that they left behind. And, we, you know, it's a real salvage operation. So you have these like really old kind of crappy desks. Yeah. But then once I found out that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles had been drawn on them, I was like, I am standing in the, you know. <laughs> they were like glowing. Yeah, it was yeah. like just yeah. feeling, look at that. You can feel mm. the history. Like, the creativity, just yeah. like feeling it in. But um, yeah, no, it's it's incredible. Hey, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I have a message from our sponsor, the March for Choice, which happened on September 30th in Dublin. Um, if you listen to this, I mean, you're, you're probably pro-choice. You're almost certainly pro-choice. But it's this is a really important one to go to because the referendum's probably next year, so we need like a big show with strength. Um, just cancel whatever you have, get up there, follow Free Safe Legal on Twitter, and go to the abortion rights campaign to get all the details and to like buy the badges and stuff that you're gonna need. And like I'm sitting in a very very hot car on my lunch break recording this on a dictaphone because that's the, that's the sacrifice I'm willing to make. So. Yeah, just go be in the March for Choice because maybe hopefully it'll be the last one. I mean, who knows? It's it's a possibility. So let's all just do it. Okay, back to the episode. Bye. So a couple months ago, I just saw um, a King of the Hill animation Bible online. Yeah, it was like the the full guide to us. Like it was so it was really interesting. Detailed. You mm-hmm. saw it as well, did you? Yeah, where it was like um, I kind of tilt their heads and stuff. Peggy, you can't draw her this way. You have to draw her this way. Yeah. you have to like make sure like Hank doesn't smile. Like oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love that stuff. Um, yeah. So do you think, is there anything like interesting from an animation perspective in the Turtles? Or like a... Or distinctive? Yeah. Um, well, it's funny because if you're comparing it... Well, I think actually the thing that's most interesting about it is because it's essentially the same story that's told every three years. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And um, you think that that would be really awful and stupid. But uh, I love it just because it's like you just see the same thing and it's like reimagining, oh, I didn't see it that way. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So you have like the dark, gritty cartoon, the the dark, gritty uh, comic book, which was meant to be kind of a parody of Frank Miller. Do you know, it was meant to be... Yeah, mm-hmm. and like, um, was it Daredevil? Yeah, yeah, straight up Daredevil. Like, I mean, the first one is like, um, a blind kid has a bowl of turtles and some, <laughs> like, I think some toxic waste falls off the back of a truck and like, hits the glass mm. and, mm. you know, mutates them instead of the blind kid. And blind kid obviously would have been Matt Murdock and Daredevil, yeah. you know. Mm. And then on top of that, um, I think that there's a group called The Hand in Daredevil and okay. there's a group called The Foot in Teenage <laughs> Mutant Ninja Turtles and uh, Stick is Daredevil's mentor and Splinter is the Turtles' mentor. Oh, you know? okay. yeah. And, um, you know, so the, the first comment, and also it's really, I just, I find it very funny as well because, like, the the um, blocks of really obnoxious um, inner monologues that they do in the, the first, you know, like, standing on a dark roof, my brother's running. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> so that, that very Frank Miller kind yeah. of like, mm. you know, um, oh God, I'm trying to think of like, I feel my rib break, you know, <laughs> you know, that yeah. kind of <laughs> stuff where you're just like, oh God, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and then it gets picked up by like, you know, 
this cuddly toy company and they're like, okay, we need to just shave off the edges of this a bit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, like, in the original comic, they all had red bandanas, you know? Yeah, and is it just to make it more marketable, like, like oh, yeah. so people so you can tell could pick apart. your favorite? Exactly. Yeah. So, kids could t- so kids specifically could tell them apart and because it was for the same toy, they wouldn't sell four of them. Yeah. Wasn't it that they only... But they basically only made the show as a way to sell action figures. Oh yeah, they said we, don't, we, we, we can't. But I guess like that's these. like so many movies now, like animated movies, yeah. like not oh, even yeah. action figures, but like if you look at like Frozen, like they make that to sell merch, like and yeah. it still is like one of the biggest selling Disney merchandise lines ever, and it's nearly four. I think years that was since really common in the eighties, like Transformers and masks oh, yeah. and all oh, those. They were all toys first. Well, I, I would think say. the biggest com- the biggest par- the biggest comparison nowadays would probably be the Cars franchise because mm. yeah. Every time I think of those, I'm like, I don't think of any, I don't think there's any real kid that, l- like, I know that there's kid who, kids who love cars, but they don't love cars. They love, like, Mater, and they love, like, you know, mm-hmm. Lightning McQueen. But it's not like, you know, Toy Story, where it's like, I love Toy Story. Yeah. It's like, no, I love Lightning McQueen. <laughs> I mean, like, it looks cool, and I can, like, exactly, bring him yeah. in the car with me, like, and just... Totally. Yeah. I Toy Story is about everybody in the whole thing. Like, it's yeah. like the entire universe. Yeah. Like in terms of the merch that's available in like Disney stores and stuff, mm. there's still a lot of cars for a film that's so it's eleven years ago. Like. Yeah, there's a load of cars stuff around mm. still compared to like even compared to like Moana and the newer yeah. stuff. Well, they made a third one that's out this summer, but you mm. wouldn't even really know, you no, know? <laughs> because they just like I think they kind of keep the promotion for that pretty low key because they're like this is our cash cow to try and get the money for the other stuff. Do you it know does I mean? huge in the Midwest in America. Yeah, it does, it's not a coastal the film. The NASCAR kind of yeah. towns, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it is gigantic there like it really mad. is yeah well that's the funny thing about that the the way that they made toys for that as well as the for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles I always love because like you literally have somebody in a room just drawing characters constantly I'm like what about this he's a pizza guy yeah put him in you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah. and they're just incredible I love it I don't know I, I really wish that I didn't love something that's so transparently commercial yeah. and just yeah. like just yeah, whatever you kids are dumb I don't care I'll they give like you this pizza. thing kids you know, like pizza. whatever but like know? good things did come out of it like those toys yeah. um, from this is from the documentary again they were the first action figures that were actually where the limbs are posed into like fists because mm-hmm. all the G.I. Joes and stuff their legs were just arms and legs were just straight down whereas the turtles are in a fighting stance and you can't mm-hmm. move them out of that you can move their arms in that stance yeah so you so can actually play with they're them they're slightly thicker and bigger and like mm-hmm. more vivid like, did you have them toys I remember you? I had one. Actually, my 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 sister got me an action figure like recently. The one of the first oh, action yeah. figures, that, one of the first ones I got of the turtles was actually like in the past two years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh, no, the the one that I um I don't know if I ever had one myself, but I remember that they were huge in the playground, but also the um, action figures that they had. They tried to like revamp them in like the early nineties. Remember they had like the cuddly kind of version. And then they had another one which was meant to be like the second mutation or something. Yes. And yes. in that one they became really creepier looking. And they had like these white eyes. Oh, I remember big, it, yeah. Like, yeah. Big like like their teeth were bared and they were like really angry and aggressive. And they had these the reason that they were so popular is because they had these little guns that shot pizzas. So that was around the playground. There was just, just really like shooting, things. shooting pizzas. Yeah. Um, so no, I, I didn't have one, but I remember that. Like, I felt like I had one because everybody had one, and it just meant that 
I played with them at break and yeah. whatever yeah. you know I was doing. We got one, I think. I think we had a Donatello because basically you could get whatever was in Quinsworth and they'd never have all of them. Yeah. But two doors down or three doors down, my neighbour whose dad was a travel agent and was therefore much richer than us, he had all four and the, the truck. Is that always foot soldier like that kid that has everything? Yeah. It's so like, for me, it was like Barbies and like mm. people, or like it was Barbies or Lego sets. Like they were the things I played with. So like I'd go to someone's house and they'd have like one of those like Lego pirate ships and I'd be like, well. Or yeah. then it'd be like, oh, my friend got a, a Barbie that you put it in the washing machine, the clothes and the clothes change color. And I'd be like, oh, why did you get it? And she was like, it was my Easter present. And I was like, mm. what are you talking about? <laughs> I always find it terribly unsatisfying to have like all of something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or even when I like when I saw my friends had this, I was like, oh, I gotta get that, and then I get it, and then I'd be like, what do I do now? You know, mm-hmm. there was nothing. Yeah. I never felt very fulfilled by the, having the any gaping of this stuff. hole is still there. Yeah. Because then you have to when you're playing with them and you only have a limited set of them. Yeah. You have to make your own story. Because remember, I used yeah. to have um, a Star Trek Next Generation, the bridge, mm. but we again, Quinzer only had three action figures. Mm-hmm. So we had Picard, Jordi LaForge, and Deanna Troy. Which is not a natural storytelling no, storytelling yeah, yeah. storytelling unit for starting next generation. So you see, like, just I can't even remember, but like, they weren't very good stories. Yeah. But um, I remember I got a Commodore sixty four for Christmas when I was six, so nineteen ninety, which it just peaked Turtles time, and I got the Turtles game with that, and it's one of the hardest games that's ever been. So I was six, I could not play it. Aww. You can do one level, and then there's a bit with a car, and you just die, and then you go back to the start. What console is it on again? Commodore 64. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I got when I was six. Uh, but then there's an arcade game as well, which is... That's in ama- Token at the moment. It's an amazing oh, arcade game. It? It's great. It it's is so good. good. It's a, like a cl- it's a genuine classic. It's yeah. gorgeous as well. And the colours mm. and the sound and everything about it. And you, they have like four controllers so you can choose whichever turtle you want to be. Oh, that's... Oh, yeah. I love that kind of like um, really like individualised... There was a Simpsons game as well, which is the same. You can be yeah. Homer. That's yeah. in Token is too. There's one yeah. I haven't Token yeah. yet, yeah. So I I'm just here to played Mario Token Kart when I went there. <laughs> I just go Mario Kart and then try and beat everyone that I'm there with that tech. <laughs> yeah. Just like, and I don't strategize at all and it makes people really angry yeah. when I win. <laughs> yeah. That's what uh, we were playing, like one of those Mortal Kombat machines. Yeah. And my friend and I were playing it and he just like destroyed me in like the first round. Yeah. And then he got destroyed in even less time once the computer started playing him. But then uh, my girlfriend was playing it and she just like, she just like crouched and then kick, 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 kick. And then it was like, he just got stuck in a loop where the guy couldn't react. Like, and uh, she just made it through about three or four players Mm. doing this thing. And I was like, this is really frustrating because it's like, you know. It's just using your ingenuity. (laughs) (laughs) I used a friend in college and he took games really seriously and they had, I think it was, be a Soul Calibur or something. I did that at Soul Calibur yeah. too. I was always Cervantes and I just <laughs> yeah. kicked the shit out of Cervantes everybody. Cervantes is a cheating character. But yeah, this is what happened. Like, another one of our friends never played him. He sat down one day, played him, picked Cervantes, just leg sweeped him, <laughs> yeah. beat him, and I went, and then never played him again so he couldn't get a comeback on him. He's like, no, I'm done. That's it. I'm champion him. That's amazing. That's it so petty. Infuriated. <laughs> oh my it was God. amazing. Yeah. We, in our course, I remember that they had like uh, they organized a Pokemon tournament at one point. So they hooked up a, a Wii in one of the rooms. Oh, and wow. they had like, what was it? I don't know. There's the games where the, the Pokemon that you have in your Game Boy can carry over onto the console or something I like think that. there's a there was like a, a recent enough in the last few years where it used to just be between Game Boys. But then I think they were able to like multi-console oh, it. 
it's kind of lost on me. I mean, I really loved uh, Pokemon like Silver and stuff like that. Like just the idea so of that's walking. My favorite yeah, because it's just like walking around. You're like, oh, these are cool worlds. Like, these are cool creatures and yeah, the story. Yeah, the and Red Gyarados. All those little yeah. side quests. Yeah, but then when it gets to like, we were in this room, and I just remember this is like my first year in college as well, oh. and. Um, I remember just seeing this guy and he's like, I gotta get my stats up. Accuracy is only 80%. What am I? And I was like, oh my. I just suddenly felt like, what the, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, like, I might go home forever. Yeah. I think, I, but actually, he got completely trounced then, yeah. like about mm. two minutes later, just because, just for the button bash. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just not that serious. No. I think that's what I would say to anybody who's like that. <laughs> well, I love the story. I don't, I, you know, and stuff like that, but I just feel like that the. The battles are only like you know once they you're at a certain me. level. I want them out of the way. Yeah, yeah. I would like avoid the long grass, be me like too. walking around, and then yeah. but you can't because then you go you have to go through a forest, and then there's stupid bug catchers, catcher oh, eye, and you have to catch. play them. And they only have one caterpie, but you still have to. This is sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm just really angry. <laughs> what do you know of the comics? Like, did you was it more the animated? Like, was that your first experience? Was well, I'm like, you like said, like my attention span as a kid was really short. Yeah. And then even mm-hmm. as an adult, I'm, I'm more in, I, and again, what I was saying about Pokemon, I'm always interested in this kind of mythology and story mm-hmm. of it. So as a cultural narrative, I just obsessed with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, oh, did you know that they had a banjo in the mid 90s? You know, they, like one of the. I, I read yeah. that the other day and yeah. I was like, that's. They toured around America. They did, and they had like some really awful sounding songs. It was great. There's a Splinter singing "Stepping Stones" as well, which is one of the highlights of the whole thing. Jesus, and he sings like "Stepping Stone." <laughs> sings like Bruce Springsteen. It's really funny, <laughs> but like um, maybe it is him. Uh, it was. <laughs> there is a weird. Um, we mentioned um, James Avery from Freshman Spell Air yeah. yeah. and um, Elmo. There's a weird third celebrity cameo in the Turtles story. So that band. They had an advanced team who would go from city to city doing promo in turtle costumes. Mm. Mm-hmm. The Raphael for that, and this is a comedy nerd deep cut, is Michael Ian Black from Hot no American way. Summer. Was Raphael what? on a turtles tour in 1991? I didn't How know old that. is he? Like, tw- like he was in college, I think. Yeah, he, dro- he dropped out of college that to do it. So yeah, in 1920. Yeah. That is so good. Isn't that the That's most so random? That's such a good story to have. Like, yeah, just like when you, like if people are talking about turtles, you'd be like. I have the story to end all of your <laughs> stories. The name I keep, I keep like expecting you to say, uh, was it Corey Feldman? Like voices one of the turtles as well. Oh, you know? But like, that's funny. Is like, because he voiced, uh, I don't know, throughout, he actually voiced Donatello. I mean, like, I like Corey Feldman, but I just, he's not my Donatello. But anyway. Like, <laughs> not in your, no. yeah. No. But the funny thing was when they did the 2012 animated series in yeah. Nickelodeon, uh, they wanted to see how many people who'd played the Turtles would still be capable of doing it. So they got mm. they asked Corey Feldman to come in and read for it, but his voice was too hoarse. Mm. So they got him to play the evil turtle Slash. So he plays a recurring character. Oh. And he's great. He's got a black bandana. He's massive. And he's like, you know, these turtles got it. You know? And I was like, this is yes. great. Well, he's a bit of an anti-hero now because yeah. he started off evil and then he kind of came around again. And you know, But it's yeah. great. And... Um, Oh, the, I, I could go on about that new series forever. I think it's fantastic. Is it good? The, What's your like least favorite incarnation of the oh, Turtles? Yeah. Um, like movies or like series or my least favorite. The look of the Michael Bay Turtles is my least favorite one. That is okay. I'm going to go with that as well because that's yeah. actually well, Michael true. Bay. Like, sorry. Yeah, well, he only produced it, yeah. but still, they're like these. They're giant, very, roided out. 
Yeah. Yeah, and I, I they're don't. They're Jimbros. They're not teens, for yeah. one. Yeah. No, and they're not very, teen looks that they're, way. They're 40. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, Weekend Dad Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the thing, because uh, there wasn't much to go on, you just saw their, like, blue eyes, which really bugged me, you know. I, I don't know why, but the blue eyes really bugged me. It's and a bit then, Aryan. Yeah. And <laughs> also, they're all played by blonde, blue haired, blue haired, blue eyed, blonde, blue eyed, yeah. uh, muscly jocks, you yeah. know. And, um, Raphael's in obviously cast. Italian American. I know yeah, that they're I mean. all they all are all named after Italian artists, but I just feel like Raphael's definitely Italian American. I love it when they had different accents in the original because like they had like in nineteen eighties uh what was it the nineteen eighties T V series they had like, you know, uh Michelangelo's like, Whoa dude and he's like yeah, West Coast and then uh, you know, then the other ones would be like from New York or they'd yeah, be like from such and such, like, you know. Upper like Harlem, yeah, like that always made me laugh. Yeah. And then um, the they kind of like beefed up the Brooklyn accents for the movie, yeah. in, in some cases. But yeah, what was it? The um, my least favorite one. Um, I don't know because they all have their kind of things. Like I said, like because I'm not like viewing it as like oh, I'm such a hard. You always feel like um, it's impossible to hate any incarnation mm-hmm. because another one will be along in a minute you yeah. know yeah. like I just like love them all in a kind of like either because one of them is like cheesy or because one of them is really oh no actually I do have my least favourite one I just remembered I really don't like the 2003 version with okay. the one the one that's kind of I think it was done by 4Kids Entertainment yeah. and yeah. it was like um, so they do Pokemon am I right they do yeah, yeah. and uh, this one was kind of like um Eastern influenced kind of you know that kind of Yu Gi Oh type oh, animation you know it's time to deal blah 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 yeah and but the thing about it that I really didn't like again is how seriously they took the character of the Shredder and also um, how seriously they took the turtles themselves mm. and even at one point they did a crossover called Turtles Forever where they met the <laughs> 1990s turtles mm. oh and the 1990 and it, it, I was like oh this is great I can't wait to see this and it was very good but um, the problem with it was they. They just were like, oh, remember these stupid, idiot 90s turtles? And every time. Disrespectful. Yeah, but like they Mm. were like really dumb. Like they were just straight up like thick, you know? Mm. And um, just this show had such a high opinion of itself, despite the fact that it was about like mutant turtles. Do you know what I mean? It's like at the end of the day, it's like you're still about mutant turtles. So this idea of like, you know, because the shredder, the origin of the shredder as well is that when they were working on the comic in their uh, apartment mm-hmm. back in the day. Mirage uh, they Studios. They were, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Mirage Studios because it was Mirage. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that yeah. was very good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. And they had, um, and I love that, that story. I mean, I could go on forever. I'll just try and, just try and get to the point. <laughs> but, um, you know, they were just messing around while they were washing the dishes and he put two cheese graters on his arm and he went, I'm the grater. And so they were laughed about that and they yeah. drew it. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, oh, we can't call him the grater, so we'll call him the shredder. Mm. And then every time they like viewed him, they were like, he's this ominous. It's like, you put two cheese graters on your arm. Yeah. Like, why can't you see the humor in this? Yeah. Do you know, like, I, that's why I think, I'm not saying you have to be as silly as like, you know, um, Uncle Phil, you know, shredder. Yeah. But like, you can you just like not be like, yeah, because they, they, there's a, a bit. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, it was just, so that one really bugged me. And there was even spin-off series of that where they went to the future and stuff. Mm. So you're just like, I don't know. And also the voice cast of it was really crap. I And I didn't like Michelangelo in it. Yeah, sorry, we're talking about that. No, I really <laughs> actively dislike that one. Yeah, but I'm glad we found yeah. the one yeah. that... It's kind yeah. of a forgotten one, I think. Uh, it kind it of falls funny. in the gaps. 
because it's like yeah. been it was around like I think it was like one of the longest running of the it's bunch like seven of years I think, yeah. yeah and surprisingly it's the one that leaves the least impression yeah. at mm. least on me anyway um, and I I really love the 2012 series I think it's absolutely like as I, I saw the CGI and I was like oh, I'm a bit suspicious and, but it actually is completely gorgeous and the voice cast is fantastic and they really kind of managed to meld all the things together because yeah. you know the Shredder is still evil and which I don't really care I don't really care about mm. the Shredder but at least they give him like ludicrously goofy henchmen so you kind of mm. get over it yeah. and um, there's even there's even a great bit in it as well where like Kevin Eastman oh yeah so the two of them there's Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird was the one who was more serious about it and Kevin Eastman was the one who was like this ruined my career because he's like mm. he's like I haven't been able to make anything else since mm. Kevin Eastman has an incredible story as well but mm. uh, he also um, there's a character what they use they use very liberally in the 2012 series is mutagen that mutates everything mm. that it touches you know mm-hmm. and every like everything gets touched by the mutagen at some point it's mm. really low to crack you know it's a load of fun <laughs> but uh, there's one thing that happens where <laughs> this I think this mutagen touches this ice cream and this cat licks this ice cream and this cat turns into like a pool of ice cream that looks like a cat. Okay? Oh my God. <laughs> and uh, you think like, oh my God, they're going to get this cat back to normal. No, they just keep it in the freezer and keep it as a pet and they call it Ice Cream Kitty. And it's That's like, amazing. it's amazing. <laughs> That's and they, so good. And the, the, apparently, I don't know if this is entirely true, but apparently the voice of that Ice Cream Kitty is Kevin Eastman from uh. who created the show. So every time That's they go like, like they have like Michelangelo petting this, oh, I love you Ice Cream Kitty. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. But uh, yeah, it's really silly and really fun. And and also they, they reimagined Casey Jones in an amazing way as well, I thought. They get, um, um, who's that guy? Is that guy from Drake and Josh? Josh. Oh, Josh, Josh Peck. Peck. Josh Peck voices him. Oh, cool. And they, he's like 15. And usually they have him like, he's like a long haired surfer, bro. He's a bit, well, he's not surfer, he's hockey. Do you know yeah, what I mean? But yeah. he's like, he's like if Rorschach went into a sports yeah. shop. Kind of, he's just, the usual thing, yeah. he's just kind of annoying. Yeah. And, but in this one, they made him like, he's like a hot topic guy and he's got like a cracked tooth. Oh, amazing. And he's just, so, cool. I just love it. I just love it so much. But, uh, because, you know, again, like, it's all about the reimagining. And, um, yeah, to say what you're about comics, I have read some of them, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, even the new ones that Eastman himself made. But, um, yeah, no, I think that my, my favorite of all of them would probably be the 2012 series. I yeah. just really love it. I don't know. It's like they do this. Uh, one of the. Uh, sorry. No, but go, another, no. Another thing that they did in the 2012 series is that they created a character in the 1980s version, mm. which, like, you know, clearly out of like the toy line, oh, what about this? Cool. What about this? Mm. And then what about this Napoleon Toad Apart, I think his name is, or something like that? And he's just like. Napoleon Bonaparte, except he's a toad. Okay. Oh my god, that's <laughs> beautiful. It's yeah. ridiculous, and so they have that. But then when they brought it back in the 2012 version, they got um, is it John Hader? Uh, oh yeah. Oh, like Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite, yeah. and they make like a Napoleon Dynamite toad, and he's like, "My name's Napoleon Toad Apart." You know what I mean? <laughs> and it was like, "Oh my god, you guys are just like you did just it all. firing yeah. on all cylinders. This is fantastic." Um, but yeah. Yeah, there's there's so many great things about it, but um, I think yeah, Kevin Eastman's involvement is key to that because he was the one that was. See, that was so Peter Laird was the one who was like, "It's not great enough," and was Eastman yeah. like, "This is fine." Yeah, because Peter Laird did a new series of them in like 2013 of comics, or no, 2003 of comics, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. apparently they weren't as popular. Yeah, because they just I were. Because well, it's so weird that all the major iterations of it all have completely different creative teams, mm. like. 
basically the only input they had into the 87 cartoon was approving new characters or not. Mm. Because they had a say in the toy line and the toy line had a say in which characters were going to be in the thing. Uh-huh. But it was actually this guy called David Wise who uh, sh- was a showrunner. He did like all 150 whatever episodes and wrote most of them himself. So like most of the things we associate with the turtles like the pizza, cowbonga dude, the bandanas being different colours, that's all him. That's mad. It's yeah. really weird. And he was uh, he doesn't get licensing fees for it. He only got paid oh, on a per really? basis. Oh, so upset. So he's the only one who didn't get rich off the turtles and he kind of popularized them and yeah. made the, the version that we kind of know out best. That perfect formula to yeah. kind of get it going because like, you know, another one that they were talking about in the articles I was reading is that, you know, this is like, you know, almost on the cusp of like Reagan era cartoons where mm. everything was like He-Man and like mm. these kind of strong muscly men who just go off and fight for their women you know what I mean? yeah. mm. but in, then around um, 1980s the turtles are kind of the mark of the first kind of pacifist cartoons and then mm. they don't take on things on a global scale they look yeah. after things that are just close to home even like Spider-Man like he followed like and he just looks yeah. after New York like he's exactly. the local mm. But he's very, they're very hippie-ish. And especially with the surfer culture, you know, the cowabunga yeah. and all this, mm. like yeah. this kind of just, and they're always eating pizza, you know? They're just a bunch of regular teens. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you look regular at it, you know? muscly teens. Muscly they teens. sell um, turtles pizza in supermarkets here. Oh, like, really? Because you know like the turtles are thing was that they had like horrible toppings on yeah, their pizzas, yeah. like marshmallow and anchovy pizzas and stuff. So they had baked bean pizzas that you could buy in freezer sections in Irish supermarkets oh, God, in the no. 90s. I don't did you they, eat them? No, I didn't. My mother wouldn't buy them. Yeah, she no. Refused. Fair play. Yeah, but we did that. That was my first introduction to pizza, and probably a lot of Irish people's introduction to pizza. In Aww, there was the turtles. That the is turtles. so funny. Yeah, it's always when that happens, isn't it? That you know, these things kind of make it in a different way here. Mm. So we see them like, is this what they're talking about? You know, it's yeah. like when The Simpsons was around. Like I was a bit too young, but um, there in Pennies there used to be loads of really good knockoff Simpsons stuff, apparently. Mm. And I wish I had been like had the agency I was probably like three or whatever but like to get them because some of it was so you know when it's like really off model and ugly but you still want it because it's yeah. funny my brother and me both had matching um, Bart Simpson Italian 90s tracksuits no that is it was Bart Simpson stunning. in Ireland in Jersey it was a pure white tracksuit oh. like fleecy tracksuit with green cuffs and Bart Simpson <laughs> kicking a football oh and in an Irish jersey on it like Richard Simmons tracksuit. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Do you, uh, there was also, um, sorry, no, I, I'm constantly, I mean, it was in Simpsons arcade game. Mm-hmm. We were just noticing the last day when playing it in Tokyo. No, there's, <laughs> there, like, there was um, that Bart Simpson was in like blue, you know, as in oh, he's in a blue, blue shirt yeah, in yeah. the arcade. Oh, weird. Because yeah. I think partially because they needed to differentiate between him and Lisa. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But accordingly as well, I was looking it up uh, that there's, Konami were like making the game before the show was actually released so oh. they had to try and guess a lot of stuff yeah. <laughs> yeah. there was a lot of Blue Bart yeah. Simpson stuff around because I had a Blue Bart Simpson doll when I was seven Yeah. Mm. so I'm not sure he's never wore blue in the cartoon no he, ever. I don't think he so. only yeah. ever wore an orange t-shirt speaking of different things we need to talk about the uh, Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles oh yeah that's yeah. how I knew it I yeah. only found out well, it was Ninja it was Turtles year, yeah. in 2007 when I went to see the film that I have forgotten everything about yeah, except yeah. that Sarah Michelle Gellar was April's voice. Yes, yeah. But yeah. I remember being like, "Why did? Why was Ninja? Is it so bad?" And then it was like, it was too violent. It's it, Ninja stuff was wise. pretty much banned in England in the eighties. The, the Brits hate mm. ninjas. So because they didn't localize it for England and a separate one for Ireland, we got yeah. all the side effects of it. But like the nunchucks were cut out. Oh man! A so lot of Michelangelo's nunchuck stuff was cut out. Wasn't it that he just had a grappling hook? 
they you, changed it yeah. after season three to grappling hooks, so they didn't have to change it for both so the seasons. But they cut out a load. Of, like in, um, I watched season the second episode of the first season there yesterday, yeah. and Michelangelo is just fucking wailing on shit with those nunchucks, and I'd never seen it before because yeah. I had the video of episode one and two, and I'd never seen him before. But he is just beating the shit out of robots with a nunchuck. <laughs> they like. Sorry. Yeah, no. no, and like all the Bruce Lee's films, there's nunchuck scenes in those. They're all edited out for Britain in the 80s and 90s as well. What's the point in going to see them then? Exactly. Well, Nunchucks they the like, uh, for all intents and purposes, and uh, when they replaced it, because they replaced it with a turtle comb, but then eventually he had like two turtle combs with a rope between them, mm. which was essentially <laughs> like, you know, yeah. all right, well, you know, that's I guess that's what he's calling it, you know, no. but, uh, but they had, um, yeah, no, it's funny you were saying that because I think what happened is they made the first series, which was like, I think it was like a very short run for it. Was a, five, it, was, it was actually a mini series. Yeah, it was five it was episodes. Like, yeah. It was one long story. Yeah. Yeah. And then, mm. but then when they brought it over here, um, they turned it into a 40 minute special to try and get and I managed to get that on video called Turtles How It All Began do you know oh, wow. and it's really like behind the music it's yeah. very <laughs> funny because obviously they need to cut out like a lot of it and they needed to they basically made it completely um, what's the word for where it just looks like you just can't make sense of it at all basically oh they just butchered the edit basically yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it was ridiculous but anyway so it starts off with Splinter okay yeah. and he's like they literally have just have a bit of footage of Splinter on the ground, okay? Mm-hmm. And he opens his eyes and he goes, oh, where am I? And then they <laughs> go, Master Splinter, you fell asleep there. And like, you know, you got knocked <laughs> yeah. out. And they, they was like, I don't know who you are. And then he goes, uh, you know, like, we're your sons. You remember, you got mutated. And they explain <laughs> them the whole sons. thing. like, And they just like explain the whole thing. <laughs> For your heart. <laughs> And they, but the best thing that happens, he's like, of course, I remember now. And then he goes, uh, he lists them off. He goes, uh, Raphael, master of the Psy. And then they cut to like, psh, psh, you yeah. know, like, my yeah. thing. and then they go like, Leonardo, master of the Katana. And then they go, uh, uh, you know, Donatello, master of the bow staff. And then they, Michelangelo. And then just as he's about to draw it, they cut away and he goes, of course, I remember you all. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like oh. Oh, I love shit like that yeah. so much. It's so funny. It was amazing. I'd highly recommend getting it because it's it's one of the most bizarre things. It just makes absolutely no sense and goes on at like a hell of a clip, do you know? I got some Kevin Eastman trivia that I've really yeah. dying to tell people. Yeah, Drop some tell more us Kevin the Eastman Kevin Eastman trivia. Eastman trivia. Um, well, I found an amazing article which everyone should look up, which is an interview with him with like comic book resources or something. Comic book something or other. I have mm. to find out. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll give you the link of it. Yeah, we can put it up in the post. Yeah. Um, and it goes on for pages. And he just talked very candidly about the turtles because at this point in his career, he was really like fed up, you know. If he's like no, that's all he's known for. It oh, must yeah. be really annoying. Well, like Kevin Eastman was like their whole partnership is very bizarre because he apparently he like followed, he basically fell in love with this girl and then she moved to New Hampshire. Okay, yeah. so then he moved to New Hampshire for the summer to spend time with her, you know, and then he had nothing to do because he didn't have a he had like a job as like being a waiter, I think, mm-hmm. you know. But he was he he wanted to see if there's anybody interested in comics, and so they told him about this guy Peter Laird, and he goes to meet Peter Laird, who's like a married man in his forties, you know. What I mean? Oh, <laughs> like, that's so different. And, and this is like Kevin Eastman is about like twenty twenty one, mm-hmm. you know, and they're just like hanging out, and they create this thing, and then they create a comic, do a limited print of it, and then a year later, like they're 
pretty much exclusively making turtles after that and so by the mid 90s he was like I say he was like in his mid 20s then Mm -hmm. and primarily he was talking about all the stuff that he had done was so removed from the creative side because they were constantly having to field um, lawsuits people were because there was so much money being generated off of it people were like oh I created them eating pizza. I created them doing this. Mm. Oh, they st- went into my brain yeah. and they stole my idea down in freaking Oklahoma. Do you know mm. what I mean? And oh, yeah. So, they'll sue you for anything, though. Yeah. Like, it's so easy to just get litigious. Mm. So he was just doing that for years and years and years. And then eventually what led to, what apparently led to their big falling out yeah. was the, which is actually a funny, is actually an interesting thing in itself, is um, that, you know, he's just signing memos like, oh, I don't care, whatever, whatever, whatever. And um, they, he signed something essentially that allowed there to be that female Ninja Turtle in that live Venus action series. Milo? Yeah, mm. that was funny. So, like, and also another case of the the not gays, where oh, yeah. they constantly have to go. We're not related. We're completely different turtles. Mm-hmm. So something could happen here. Do you know? Yeah, mm. there could um, be a sex. Yeah, and you know, like they're still brothers. I don't know if they're still brothers, but oh. they're definitely. You know, like part of the same like gang of turtles. Well, they're not related. I don't know how the relationship works. <laughs> Maybe turtles probably mm. have no concept of siblings. No, no. So they'll just do whatever. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh god, it's a free for all, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, oh, I don't. Know. I was well, going yeah, to. No. Does it even matter if they're? You know, yeah. oh, god. Um, but but yeah, did yeah. Kevin Eastman sign over the rights to Peter Laird at some point in the 90s? He did, yeah, at so, the end of it, because he yeah. was like, I'm just done with this, and he signed it over. Had it up to Yeah. Mm. And then Peter Laird, they didn't talk for years, although I hear that, I think that they're back on kind of speaking terms now. Yeah, they have yeah. documentary ended with them signing together at a, yeah. for the 25th anniversary. Oh, that's and, nice. Yeah. And they seem to be kind of like, the movies, since they've kind of, I think what happened is... Um, he wasn't involved in the turtles and then Peter Laird had it there for like seven years, you know, mm. or whatever. And then Peter Laird signed away the rights to Viacom. Yeah. And then Viacom, it was like, oh God, this kind of big company, like what are they going to do with it? Was it Viacom? Anyway, and Nickelodeon bought it. Yeah. Yeah. But there's like some kind of massive conglomerate that owns them and it's I like think it is like, Viacom. Yeah. Because they own MTV mm. as well. Anyway, um, so, and then they got Eastman back on, <laughs> which is funny, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think once the property was kind of out of their hands, then they kind of, kind of maybe reconciled. They don't seem that in the, even in the documentary you're watching them, they don't seem particularly cozy. Do you know, no. they just yeah. seem like they can stand to be in a room with each other now. Mm. That'd be a really good like a uh, feature film. Like I would totally. love to watch that about like when they first meet and how they come up yeah. with the turtles and yeah. then what breaks them apart. It's so good and yeah. like you know. The thing, like, this in this interview then, this is like, this is where he's being particularly cutting, do you know? Mm. But what he... It's fresh. Yeah, he was just loved comics and he wanted to keep working on the Turtles comics. And the funny thing was that while the 1986 series was doing so well, it was 96, whatever, year, mm. 90s, 80s, while that was doing so well, they were able to take the money from that and pour that into the comics. Mm. So they were hiring, like, these amazing independent artists who they'd always admired to make these really outlandish comics and the people who were doing the merch didn't care about the comics because nobody was seeing that besides a bunch of nerds you yeah know? Mm-hmm. so they did a lot of amazing stuff and yeah so he continued to be obsessed but he uh, in this article he talks about how he tried to set up a company 
that made comics where 90% of the profits or something like that would go back to the artists, you know? Oh, wow. And uh, which is a business model that proved completely unsustainable. <laughs> and he lost, what? he lost thousands. Like he's like, Jesus. he wouldn't go into it in the article, but he like lost obscene amounts of mm. money apparently. And also there's like a huge amount of clearly nepotism in it because he got like his, you know, sister-in-law to do stuff and stuff mm. like this. And, but uh, one of the things that he said, like, he was trying to, like, explain it away, kind of going, well, you know, we produ- we uh, published uh, the first run of uh, Understanding Comics by Scott McCloud, which is, like, one of the most influential books and in kind of, mm-hmm. not even in um, comics, but more in, you know, I suppose it's it's used in semiotics and stuff like that. Like Understanding Story, um, Not story, but more like, like, drawings and, yeah. and everything mm. is he just he it's a very it's an incredible book it's a comic that's um basically a like big long academic essay about like oh, cool. all sorts of stuff and he talks about like i think one of the things i always loved was uh when he talked about how much you can remove from a drawing and have it still look like a human being because mm. people are always trying to see their faces and stuff he's like you know, you see a car and you go, hey, that looks like a human being. It's like, no, it looks like a car. You just, you know, yeah. <laughs> your head is constantly looking for human faces mm. that, you know. Like in a, yeah. just like a primal way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, they printed the first run of that. But, uh, and I think they were trying to develop something with Neil Gaiman and then the thing just fell through entirely. Mm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's an incredible article and he just talks very candidly about his friendship with uh, Laird and all this type of stuff and you know that sounds good I love that mm. kind of drama behind the scenes of things like, yeah. that's my favourite thing to find yeah. out about and that's what makes the turtles like so fascinating there's is because, so many layers yeah so many layers there's so many like you know there's, <laughs> <laughs> but you know that like, kind of amazing like a hugely broad cultural narrative but yeah. also started by like two complete nobodies so mm. it it lends us there's tons of drama in that because yeah. they absolutely, absolutely no idea how yeah, to run a business it's not like they're like know? Stan Lee where it's like a universe yeah. of no. stuff it's the turtles is all, is everything totally, you associate with them yeah. like I like it because it's just shows you that sometimes the silliest ideas that you have are the ones that are the most successful that oh, you might yeah. think oh this is so stupid but I'm going to try this and mm. then you end up Fucking making your money on a load of turtles and then losing. It's like it's like friggin' it's actually, social network. It's except ama- the yeah, turtles, you know? it's amazing. Imagine like making breaking Imagine friendships like an Aaron and Sorkin stuff. Imagine you know? film about Peter Laird and Kevin, <sighs> like really like intense, like very oh bad. Oh my god, I actually would love to see that. <laughs> yeah. I think it would be great. Like <laughs> it would be so like there'd be a lot of like litigation scenes and stuff. Oh, you have like a really intense Trent Reznor like, version you know of the Turtles yeah, song. Yeah, Atticus yeah. Ross as well. Yeah. It could be like... Um, Teenage. You know, when, <laughs> when it's like... Um, I always remember because Andrew Garfield is like, you better lawyer up, asshole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you could have that kind of thing, you know. That would be so yeah. great. And then, um, you know, he did give us one thing. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh put in the teenage, you know. Um... But yeah, that would be amazing. I mean, yeah. It's funny how much litigation is always involved in animation in general. Because mm-hmm. I was actually, I was just thinking, as soon as you said that, I remembered a poster that I saw that somebody made of like a, a Ryan Gosling Disney biopic that they just were like imagining. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And they were like, like well, that would be really great. Because like yeah. the whole thing with Walt Disney as well is that he was like not really an animator at all. And no. he kind of had to... There was tons of lawsuits and stuff, and that's why he's, you know, the Walt Disney brand name is over mm. everything, do you know? Um, 
But yeah, no, that's another story for another time. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of Disney stuff. <laughs> yeah, we'll do yeah. we'll do a Disney episode someday. Yeah, yeah. I'm really like not that well informed on Disney. It wasn't really what there's, I grew up. It's with. really interesting the way because like if you listen to say the you must remember this episode of Walt Disney. Yes. You get this one version, and then when we run the Disney cruise, there was a Disney historian on board giving oh, lectures. So it was a real pro Walt. It wasn't necessarily pro Walt, but it was very much skipping over the union busting Nazi mm. stuff. That's but, you, but, the, what, but there was a lot of info that was really interesting. Yeah. That the person who's looking for the dirt on him isn't interested in. Yeah. You know, it's cool. I At least you got the two sides of the mm. Disney coin. They yeah. had these, um, you know, they released these propaganda cartoons that Disney made during World War yeah. II. Ooh. But on it, they have like Leonard Malton doing like, you know, talking about it. But. It, he was just, like, I mean, because he has to be. He's so glowing about Walt Disney and mm. everything that's happening. And it's uh, it's very bizarre to see it kind of, you know, contrasting with, like, such a horrible time in the country's yeah. history, mm. you know, in mm. the world history. And he's just kind of going, but Walt Disney was, you know, faultless and this, that, and the yeah. other. And you're just kind of like, mm, I feel like there's probably more here. Yeah, yeah, Walt Disney didn't have the money to make real cartoons, so he had to make them for the government. That's what yeah. actually happened. Yeah. So, yeah. That's why I love so much about, like, there's parts of the world that we live in now that is really shit, like always thinking about nuclear war all the time. Mm-hmm. But then there's all this stuff about where you find out about what actually happened when there weren't any, like things didn't get out as easily back then, like scandals and stuff were kept un- for years under us. But now mm-hmm. there's like stuff is uncovered all the time and like people are like web sleuthing for years to find out like what people, like what Disney were really like. I just think it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. The Turtles was probably my second huge pop culture obsession. Really? Like it was Ghostbusters and then Turtles, but Turtles was all encompassing. Because I got the game, it was the first time I saw in the cinema, obsessed with the cartoon. So it was it like was, one of the first like multi pronged yeah, things had, had for the, kids where like have the merch arm, the show arm, and then there'd be all this other. Like, there's so yeah, because I never had Ghostbusters action figures, but I had Turtles ones. Yeah, well, so, I think yeah. Turtles for me is more about like, oh, it is possible. Because first of all, there's like, you know, the significance of them being two lads coming up with something in an mm. apartment. Yeah. And then there's the other added significance of being an Irish animator and having the studio here and you just yeah. go, oh my God, we can actually do this. Mm. That you must know? have been really cool when you found that out because yeah. I didn't ever really know. Didn't they do an American Tale and stuff or was that... They do, that's yeah. Sullivan and Blue. Yeah. yeah. But like, I had no idea about that and well, that must be because you, when you're a kid, especially when you come from like a family where like everyone just has like regular jobs and stuff and mm. you don't... You're like, that'd be crazy to do this or write a book or like, and then you're like, oh, people did? Like, mm. where I live? Or like well, when one of the SpongeBob, is it one of the SpongeBob animators is from Ballymon? Oh, he is. Yeah, yeah I and, he, met and, he him. Put, and he puts yeah. Ballymon stuff in SpongeBob. What? There's a train in, in SpongeBob that the destination on is Ballymon. No, that is so cool. Yeah. 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 He's I, a prop I love SpongeBob. Yeah. I can't yeah. believe I haven't seen it. Yeah. I actually met. Um, Jimmy Marikami. Well, Mar- Mar- Jimmy Marikami was a very, you know, big animator anyway in his own right. Mm. And um, he, um, and director, a very important mm. director. Um, and he, yeah, owned half of like Murakami and Wolf who did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But I actually met him before I did my graduate film in animation. And that was very heavily influenced by the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I went over and I was saying like, you know, I love the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And uh, he was like, those are not very good cartoons. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know, but it's kind of like this this pulp stuff. I really yeah. enjoy mm. it. And uh, I just, my my graduate film is going to be based off of it. And I was like, 
You should really be aiming higher. <laughs> oh my god! It's like, please don't. <laughs> he was very nice, but like he he just was like baffled by why some how somebody could be mm. like but that's kind of cool. Like he has like a regular view on his work. He's not like a person who's like everything I do is the best. Yeah, he's like that's cruddy. He's unfortunately passed now. So poor, shout out to yeah. Jim Markami. Hey, big guy. Yeah. They actually featured him in the 2012 cartoon as well. Oh, did they? Uh, well, they made a mention of his name. And cool. I, to me, the character is very, looks a lot like him. But uh, everybody I show it to is like, no, I don't think that looks like him. Oh. But he's like, he's like a guy who so, makes pizza sushi for the turtles. That sounds mm. good. And he's a blind guy and his name is Mr. Marikami. Okay. So yeah. I'm that pretty sure be, that. Yeah. That's not accidental. Yeah. No. So, yeah. so there we go. I'm not yeah. sure you would have liked that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts we wrap up? Um, no, I just, uh, you know, love the turtles and look for... Actually, there's another incarnation of them coming up soon, directed by the guy who... Or made by the guy who did uh, the new Samurai Jack. So, oh, really? Oh, that'll um, be good. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. I think it's like, you know, property that's like constantly just has new versions. So I'm always looking forward to see it. And it's a big thing, yeah. Uh, Irish wise, and it's a big thing for me. So, yeah, yeah. So glad to talk about it. Still yeah, is. yeah. So there we go. Yeah, um, that was fun, interesting. It was fun. So, oh, that's you, Garrett. Plug yeah. a load of stuff for yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. got two things to plug. Well, I got loads of stuff to plug, but I'll plug these just these two things because they're animation related. But mm. um, um, coming up, twenty sixth of August is the alternative animation film festival Hackfest, which you can see in A Four Sounds. And we may or may not show some sneaky clips from our upcoming adult animated series, um, Ends Meet, which will be on RTE in the autumn, um, which uh, Mark Baldwin, uh, one of the greats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he uh, written and um, created by him and uh, drawings and stuff supplied by me, you know. It's weird. I don't yeah. know. Plugging stuff is strange now. You know, yeah, no, it, it is weird. <laughs> but like, you, you just got to just do it. Yeah, yeah, you just have to do it. No, the, yeah. it, I, uh, the Facebook page we have is www.facebook.com <laughs> forward slash TV. So if you want to yeah. go on that to find out more updates about it. And you can still watch the short ones. Oh, yeah, the you? shorts um, are on the RTE player. And I they're think. very good. There we go. Yeah, that was good. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, yeah. man. Yeah. We'll see Thanks you for soon. Me. You are very welcome. It was a delight. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. There we go. Thanks again to Cart Lines. Yeah, it was really cool. That was very interesting. Yeah, I didn't uh, realise how much was no. going on in the Turtleverse. Yeah, like I watched that documentary yesterday and I was like, I don't know what I should go about the Turtleverse. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm really impressed. And then he knew double what I knew. When you so. go up against someone who's done an academic piece of writing <laughs> about it, like you're never going to win. No. no, but I'm glad about that. Yeah. Yeah. We learned today, so mm-hmm. did I. So, we have news. Yeah, big news. It's We're exciting. doing a live show at the Dublin Podcast Festival. Activity Theatre yeah. on 27th of September mm-hmm. in the evening time. The nights. Yeah. And we're dealing with at the Alison Spilton show. And we're on first be, and then Alison will be on. It'll be really fun and nice, I think. Yeah. And it'd be cool if people who listen would like to go and see what it's like. We've never done a live show before. No, we're scared and excited. Yeah, it's like it, equally, I think. I, I mean, think the balance of it shifts rapidly from day yeah. to day. Yeah. <laughs> right now, I'm a sweet 50 50. <laughs> yeah. 
that's because I had a donut, so I'm feeling great. Mm-hmm. Being optimistic. Yeah, and yeah. full of sugar. Mm-hmm. But later on, I don't know, once once the sugar slumps, uh, I don't know, it might be bad news. But yeah. it's going to be really fun. It's going to be good. I think yeah. it'll be good. We yeah. want to see you there. Yeah. Yeah. At least three people have already bought a ticket. So So do you want to be the one of the next? Be the fourth. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it'll be really good. And we can't do to guess stuff yet. So. No, but we will. You, you'll be the first to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who else? Let's thank Dean Otomo for the artwork. Yeah, thank you again. It's always good. It's always good. It says good every week somehow. Mm-hmm. It's, it's timeless. Thanks to Headstuff. Mm-hmm. What are other good heads of podcasts to listen to? Uh, well, yeah, it's good the show. Yeah, it's very good. Um, Reviewables is funny. Yeah, Reviewables is great. There's personality bingo as well. Mm-hmm. Um, our sexual history. Yeah, there's Back. a lot of them. There yeah. really is a lot. And there's the new Sweet oh, Body High yeah. one this, called this Double Love. This is like the perfect, in, if you like this one, you'll definitely love Double yeah. Love. And it's um, yeah. going to be a really good one to follow along here. So it's Anna Carey and Cara Moynihan. Uh, you might okay. remember Kitty Catastrophe. Kitty Catastrophe, whose blog you should be reading. Right. And her Sweet Valley High recaps yeah. are outrageously good. Yeah, so this podcast is going to be great. Mm-hmm. That'll so, be really fun. Yeah. Um, thanks to Brian for producing it. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Um, we don't know what music he puts underneath this until the episode goes out. So, yes, but it's going to be exciting. It should be, hopefully, it'll be nice. Uh, thanks to Taz for producing the other one. Yeah, she really she helped us out. Yeah. A lot. And thank you, Alan. <laughs> uh, oh, you're not saying thanks to me. Oh, it's even Alan Bennett. Oh, him. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. But I was looking at you. It just okay, well, thanks, Alan. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. No, there's no tension here at all. No, it's fine. No creative differences <laughs> at all. I'm. The, are you Paul or John? I don't want to be either of them. No. Can we both be George? Yeah, let's be yeah. both be George. Yeah. Just split okay. into two people. Yeah. Born years apart <laughs> <laughs> while he was still alive <laughs> yeah oh, that makes sense yeah who'd be into that I feel really bad yeah. for the people listening to the outros because they're low like we've made them like more and more rambly as this time comes. that's true yeah I mean yeah. people have stopped now I think <laughs> um, mentally split George Harrison in three people's only recurring character yeah in our outros now but only in the outros only so you only know about We'll tell you what he's up to. Yeah. Through, um, so that's a secret for us outro people. Yeah. If you're still Don't tell other people. No, but do go to the live show. Yeah. And also leave us a review or like yeah. subscribe wherever you get your podcast. But uh, sometimes if I like a podcast, I'll do it on iTunes and on my thing because iTunes counts a bit more. Mm. Oh, it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very Sorry, generous everyone. Of you. I guess yeah. it was really sweet. Okay, so try to vote <laughs> to Alan's example. Yeah. Everybody, and we'll see you in two weeks. Yeah, bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.